Praise God. Praise God. Would you grab your Bible with me today, please? Would you go with me to the book of Luke? We're going to move quickly. We're going to start in the book of Luke, and then we're going to go back to the book of Matthew. We'll start in the book of Luke. Luke chapter 17, and then we will jump back to Matthew chapter 6. We'll be reading what is familiar scripture to many of us. I pray the familiarity does not cause us to zone out, but to open our heart. Amen. You there? I hear pages. All right. Luke chapter 17, verse 20. Luke 17 and 20 says this. And when he was demanded of the, he is Jesus, when he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come. That's, that's quite a question, isn't it? Tell, or demand. Tell us when the kingdom of God will come. He answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Verse 21. Neither shall they say, Lo here or lo there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Go back to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verse number 9. Again, very familiar place in Scripture to us. Many of you in the room could quote this. Matthew 6 and verse 9. Jesus said, After this manner, therefore, pray ye. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Verse number 10. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. I'd like us to talk a few minutes this morning about the will of God. The will of God. Have you ever prayed for the will of God? Would you pray with me again this morning before we go further? Could we open our hearts and ask the living God to write on our hearts today? Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that your word would speak to us this morning. Father, I'm asking you to minister as only you can. Anoint our minds, anoint our ears. Anoint our hearts, I pray, and our emotions. Let us to hear what the Spirit would say to us. I submit to you and your word. I pray in the name of Jesus, let your word not be tainted in any way by my humanity, God. I pray now the authority of the word of God in the name of Jesus. Speak with us, I ask of you, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. 
Before we can talk about the will of God, you have to talk about the kingdom of God. And that's why we started there in Luke before we came back to Matthew. It's important. We find religious leaders of the day asking Jesus, when will your kingdom come? When will the kingdom of God? Well, they weren't saying his kingdom because they were still struggling to believe that he was truly the Messiah. But he was preaching the kingdom of God. The Bible tells us he came preaching repentance in the kingdom. And so they were saying, demanding him, well, tell us when the kingdom will come. The problem was they were looking for an earthly kingdom. They were looking for a realm. I remember Brother Mark Kendrick speaking here some years ago about the kingdom of God and making this statement that has stuck with me, and it's very true. The kingdom of God is not a realm. It's a reign. It's not a physical place. It's a place of authority and governance. The kingdom of God. Kingdom, of course, means king's dominion. Two words put together to form the word kingdom. It is the king's dominion. Where the king has dominion. And Jesus declared to the religious leaders, you're not looking for a physical kingdom. Don't say low here or low there. It's not over here. It's not over there. Where is it? He said the kingdom is within you. Now if we don't get any other revelation today, we need this revelation The kingdom is within you. Now, that means the place where the king has dominion is in you. Now, is that automatic? No. Because the thing about the Lord Jesus Christ as king is he does not yet take dominion. He waits for it to be given So the kingdom is in you and I, but I choose whether he has dominion in my life or not. Whether he runs my life or whether I run my life, that determines who's king. Does that make sense? Who has dominion? I've been refer- I, it seems like I've quoted this the last couple of services, but you can tell it's staying in my spirit, so you're going to hear it again. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Verse number 7, Isaiah 9 and 7. And of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Now, we see in this passage of scripture The coming of the Lord Jesus Christ was the introduction, like never before, of His plan to establish His kingdom. To establish His government. The challenge was, people of Jesus' day kept looking for Him to establish an earthly kingdom. Even even after He died and resurrected from the dead, His disciples who had been with Him for three and a half years are still asking the question. We find it in Acts chapter 1, 6 and 7. 
They say, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? You would think after three and a half years of earthly ministry with Jesus, they would understand all he'd said. It's not an earthly kingdom. But it was so ingrained in the teaching of the Jews that even for those that had spent so much time with him, the apostles, they were still wrestling with their human understanding of the establishing of the kingdom of God. That even before he ascended, one of their last questions was, Will you at this time restore again the kingdom? The kingdom is within you and I. The increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Now, anybody ever drive go-karts? Go to those little racetracks and drive those things? Yeah, me too. You ever do that? And you, you, you like pushing the gas pedal to win the race, and it won't go any further down? Anybody know what I'm talking about? We got some competitive people in the room. Like, oh, come on. Maybe you even let up a little bit and push it back down, hoping that maybe, maybe I can get it to go through that floorboard or something. Right? And you just, and you realize, I'm not going to catch that person in front of me because for whatever reason, my dumb go-kart won't go any faster. No, no. I, I was in Mexico quite a few years ago. My dad and I, uh, we went to a go-kart track down there, one of those outdoor tracks where you race like that. Man, I knew this was the real deal. And we got there, and they had helmets lined up. And they're like, you got to put on a helmet. I mean, a full helmet. You had to sign this whole big waiver before you got in that bad boy. And let me tell you, when you push the gas on those, those went. You could tell it wasn't what people were used to because people would hit those curves, and they would just spin on out. <laughs> they didn't know. It was crazy. It was sort of fun. I was like, I can get used to this. But those ones, you know, that you drive, like, what's, it, what's this place over here off 70s? Meadow something? Meadowbrook. Meadowbrook. Yeah, they got carts out there. You know what the problem is with those? That's exactly right. Brother Rigo said it. They got a governor on them. Right? They call that a governor. It means no matter how fast you want to go, the governor decides the limit. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I hate go-karts with a governor. Anybody else? Anybody? Anybody? You know, you know, you can rent. I haven't done it. I've been tempted. Maybe one day. Who knows? We'll see what the Lord allows. But you know, you can rent sports cars nowadays. You can like you can rent. Uh, I don't know that I would ever do this, but you can go to like some cities like L.A. or Miami and places. You can even rent like Lamborghinis and Ferraris and stuff like that. But you know, when you rent them, they give you a key. And they don't give you the key that unlocks all the power of that car. There's two different keys. I don't know if you knew this or not, but is this true, Brother Regal? There's two different keys. One key limits how fast and how much the car can do. The other key is like this one unlocks the full potential. But we're not giving it to you. <laughs> right? The one governs. You know what? How many of you like having governors? Wouldn't it be great? Here, I want you to drive a Ferrari, but guess what? It's not going to do all it can do. You're limited. You're like, what's the point? Look good, I guess. Right? And, uh, governors, I, I don't want to drive some. I, here's what we're saying. I want to have control. Yeah? Give me control. I can handle it. Governor. Control. You with me? 
Gov- That's why I get so mad at that little go-kart. Because the reality is, I'm a grown adult. But still, that little governor they put on that thing is in control, not me. You with me? Talking about the kingdom of God. We're going to talk about the will of God, but we've got to get this part first or the rest doesn't matter. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. You know why some of us struggle so much with seeing or walking in the will of God? Because we got a governor. We want to govern. We don't want him to govern. I want the blessing of God on my life. I'd like the favor of God in my life. I'd like the benefits that come with living for God in my life. But I want to govern my life. I want to be in control. That's the issue. It's a governor. I want to govern my life. Now hear me. I've I've made this statement uh, in the last couple of weeks, but I'll say it again. That verse, Isaiah 9 and 7, says, Of the increase of his government and peace... There will be no end. Notice the word and, government and peace. You and I cannot truly have peace in any area of our life until He is governing it. You may find temporary peace, and that's you and I trying to control and manage circumstances. But the moment those circumstances get outside of our control, we lose our peace. Some of you know, most of us know exactly what I'm talking about. Everything's good on the job as long as it's smooth sailing. But, man, it starts getting chaotic. Whew, I lose my peace. Why? Because I need to be in control. We're going a different direction than I thought we were going to go this morning, but here we are. You know what the Lord does? Because he loves us and because of what we read in Isaiah 9 and 7, he wants to establish his kingdom from henceforth and forever And we're not going to perform it. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform it. So the Lord says, there's an area in Joel's life that he's not letting me govern. Because I want to be Lord of all. And I've got to be governor of all. I'm going to bring some chaos in that area of his life. I'm going to let it get unsettled right there. And I'm even going to let it get to a place where he can't fix it and he can't control it and he doesn't know what to do. Why? Because then maybe, just maybe, I'd turn to him and say, I can't do it. But I'm sure you can. I give up control. I give up governance of the area of my life. God, you govern. You tell me what you... And guess what? When he governs in your life, there's peace. It's interesting. I was in communication with one of my coworkers last week. If you pay any attention to the stock market, it's been brutal the last couple of weeks. And uh, 
I made a comment about that because Friday it jumped up a little bit. I'm in the financial services industry, so that's why I'm aware of it. I'm not somebody that watches it every single day, but I know it's been pretty dismal. And uh, I made a comment to my coworker about Friday. I said, well, I said, the market's sort of having an update today. It was up a little over 300 points. And he's like, oh, I know. And he, it's like I could tell I hit a button when I said that to him. God, it's been terrible. It's been brutal. It's been like. I'm like, ah, you know, what goes up has to come down. What goes down will come back up, ebbs and flows, whatever. And I, I can honestly say I, I wasn't bothered by the market one way or the other. I'm, I'm like other people. I have 401Ks. I have, you know, right? That my hope's not in that. I don't govern that. He's the governor. He owns it all. He's in control. He, he knew it was going to go down. He kn- That's not where my hope is. That's not where my trust is. So I can have peace whether it's up or down, high or low. It doesn't matter to me, right? Because he governs. And so the Lord in your life and in mine, in those areas, see, he wants to be Lord of all. He's trying to establish his kingdom in your life and mine, right? Kingdom of God's not here or there. It's in you. It's the place where the king has dominion. And so for him to have dominion, I have to give up dominion. And so he says, I'm going to find these areas where you're controlling, you're controlling, and I'm going to bring such chaos or turmoil or allow circumstances in your life to where you'll relinquish control or lose control. And what happens is one of two things. I'll scramble and work harder to get control or I'll submit to the will and the process of God and I'll fall on the altar in humility and say, God, I can't do it, but I trust you. I trust you. I submit to your word. I submit to your plan. I submit to your process. I want your kingdom to come. I want you to have dominion in every area of my life. The kingdom of God is not here or there. The kingdom, Jesus said, is within you. And so the question of king is who's sitting on the throne within me? Am I on the throne or is he on the throne? Now, we took a whole lot longer for that introduction than I planned. But we need to understand that principle before we can talk about the will of God. Now, how many of you want the will of God in your life? Look at that. We're in agreement. We want the will of God, don't we? Guess what? The reason Jesus said, In Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 and 10, when you pray, pray after this manner. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. You and I cannot pray thy will be done until we pray thy kingdom come. If the kingdom issue is not settled, the will of God will not be done. Whose will gets done? I'll tell you whose will gets done. The one that's on the throne. And so if I'm on the throne in this kingdom that's within me, I'm going to do my will, not his will. That's why I've got to settle the kingdom issue first. Then I'm saying, not what I want, but what the king wants. 
And either I'm the king or he's the king, but there's not two kings. He's a sovereign. Not two kings. He's not sharing his throne. He's not sharing his glory with another. And so I have to settle this kingdom issue. Who governs my life? Who's the governor? Who who governs my choices? Who governs my decisions? Who governs my actions? Who governs my thoughts? Who governs my words? Who has the governor? Who's over all of that? Who determines what comes into my eyes? Who determines what I allow into my ears? Determines all of that. Does the King of Kings determine what I look at, listen to, watch, hear? Or do I determine and then just trust that, well, I'll sort it all out later? Who has dominion? Who's in authority? So when I settle who has dominion, because here's the thing. Here's what we often try to do. I'm as guilty as you are because I'm as human as you are. Here's what we'll often try to do. We'll have our own will. And then we'll ask God to bless our will. This is what I want, Lord. This is what I'd like to have. This is what I'd like to do. Now, Lord, please bless it. Make it possible. Why would he bless that which is not of his governor, governance? Why would he bless that which is not serving the purpose of his kingdom? You've heard me make this statement before. You'll keep hearing it again. We are not seeking to gather people to ourselves. We're seeking to point people and connect people in relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. If we, seek, if we start falling in that trap of gathering people to ourselves, we're falling into the trap of men building their own kingdom. It's his kingdom. He has to be. And so when we settle the dominion, we say, God, you have governance in my life. Then I can pray your will be done. Now, so we all said we want the will of God, right? So we first have to purpose that he has dominion in our life. And so sometimes I have to pray, God, any area of my life where you don't have dominion, help me to see it. Show me where I'm holding on. And, and you know, usually when I pray that way, he doesn't have much trouble showing me and helping me understand. Where he governs, there's peace. Where he governs, there's peace. All right? And so we pray, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. You know you're made from the dust of the earth. He formed man of the dust of the earth. Is that, is that right? Thy will be done in earth. As it is in heaven. I want your will to be done in me. The way it's done in heaven. So you settle the kingdom issue. Now. Turn over Matthew chapter 7. 21. You're getting ready to shift gears right now, in case you were wondering. Matthew 7, 21. Jesus still speaking. By the way, if you look, Matthew 5, Matthew 6, Matthew 7, all one continual teaching that Jesus is doing. Man put the chapters there so we could find stuff. Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is Jesus speaking, teaching the whole time there. It's often called the Sermon on the Mount. All part of that same Sermon on the Mount. Hear what he says here in Matthew 7, 21. 
Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Okay, this is important. Anybody interested in entering the kingdom of heaven? So who will? But he that does the will of my Father, which is in heaven. That's important. So to enter heaven, I have to do the will of the Father that's in heaven. So this prayer about thy kingdom come, who's in dominion, and thy will be done is pretty important. Because his will being done, based on what he continued to teach, is a requirement for entering into heaven. See, there's this false doctrine that's just grown in our world that says, just accept and you're saved. Don't matter what you do. You don't have to do the will of God. It doesn't matter. Well, that's contrary to the word of God. Just accept and it's fine. Do whatever you want. Do your will, live how you want, but just accept the Lord and you're safe. You got to read the word of God. Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. And then he draws the distinction between those that just say, Lord, Lord, and those that will enter are the ones that do the will of the Father, which is in heaven. Hmm. I have a question. If he doesn't govern my life here on earth, Why would he bring me into heaven when I've lived my whole life governing my own life? Am I automatically going to just switch now and now I'm in the supernatural heavenly realm living in heaven and I'm not going to be rebellious? I'm now going to live according to his will, though I've lived my whole life according to my own. You understand Satan was cast out. Lucifer was cast out of heaven because iniquity was found in him. And if you read Matthew chapter 7, we understand that those that don't do the will of God are those that were workers of iniquity. Doing the will of God. Now, how many of you want the will of God in your life? It really got more important here, didn't it? See, we usually think in terms of the will of God. Well, I want the will of God because that's good for me. That's true. That's right. We have a will, don't we? We have a will. And God has a will. And sometimes they're one and the same. That means we got aligned with his will. Sometimes they're different, and that's where the battle comes in. What if what I want is different than what he wants? What will I do? It's a tough question, isn't it? If what I want is different than what God wants, what will I do? Will I do what I desire, 
or will I do what he desires? Simple. It simply depends on who's governing my life. I'll do what the king desires. That's why I have to first settle who's king, him or I, in my life. Does that make sense this morning? We're still talking about the will of God. The will of God. See, here's what I've been guilty of doing. Oh, Lord, let your will be done. Oh, I want to see the will of God done. And then I get up and I say, man, I satisfied my responsibility. I prayed for the will of God. Now I'm just going to go do what I want. But I did pray for the will of God, so surely it's going to happen. But I'm doing what I want. Well, that sounds almost foolish, doesn't it? It's like me going, oh, Lord, I'm so hungry. I'm so hungry. I wish there was something to eat, Lord. I wish there was something to eat. And then I get up and go out. Pass right by the garden. Pass. What do you expect him to do? Grab it, pick it up, open it, clean it, cut it, and put it in your mouth? Sometimes we pray that way with the will of God. We pray the will of God, but then we don't submit ourselves to the governance of the king to do the will of God. Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father. How do I know what the will of the Father is? I wait on him. That song we were singing where we felt the witness of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. I'm going to wait on you. What am I waiting? I'm waiting for his voice. I'm listening for the voice. I'm listening for the leading, the instruction of the Holy Ghost. I'm following after him. And then when I get direction, I'm acting on it. The will of God. The will of God. It's the re- this, this is so critical. You understand, same context, same flow, Sermon on the Mount. Jesus spent most of that sermon, if you read Matthew 5, 6, and 7, he was talking about the kingdom. Because Matthew 6 and 33, after he says all that stuff he says in Matthew chapter 6, where we read the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6, 33, he says, But seek ye first, what? The kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God. Don't seek the will of God first. Seek the kingdom of God first. What are you seeking? I'm seeking first to make sure he has dominion in my life. I'm seeking first to make sure there's no area that I'm governing. I'm seeking first to make sure he has authority, control, governance in every part of my life. And then all the other things are added. But what do we do in our human nature usually? We seek all the other things first. Oh God, I need help with this. Would you do something about my job? Would you do something about my finances? Would you do something about my family? Would you do something about... And we're praying all these things to God. We're seeking all the other things before we seek the kingdom of God. Remember, it's not a place. It's not here or there. Luke 7, 21. It's within you. This is why Jesus said, First, seek the kingdom of God. Why? Because if he's the king, if he has dominion in my life, if he has dominion in my thoughts, if he has dominion in me, if he's the one calling the shots, then when I pray the will of God, I'll not be praying my will. I'll be praying his will. And the scripture's clear. He knows 
what I have need of before I even ask. And the scripture is clear. John said it. If we, we know that if we ask anything according to his will, we have that which we ask. That's really what Jesus meant when he said, if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Lord, give me winning lottery numbers. Hold on, he didn't do it. His word must not be. No, 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 that's not what he was talking about. If I ask anything in his name, if you read the whole context, it's in accordance with his will. If I ask anything in his name according to it, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. But I have to first seek the kingdom. I've got to settle the dominion issue in my life. Who's governing my life? It's like that Ferrari we were talking about earlier. We got a key. That's our key. Guess what? My key and your key doesn't even come close to unlocking the potential of the operation of the Spirit of God through our lives. But if I'll give up my key and let him operate, him become the king of my life, he has full authority, full power, full ability. Then we see the ministry and the manifestation of the Spirit through our life. Then we see the will of God done. Now, we all raised our hand. We want the will of God. We still do, right? Okay, good, good. I'm sure. So here's the thing. I'm trying to think of somebody I can pick on without hurting their feelings. Yeah, I'll pick on Brother Juan back there. So, let's say, Brother Juan, I need you to participate with me, okay? Don't make this too hard on me. If I say to you, it's my will that that notebook in your hand would be up here on this platform, on this pulpit. That's my will. Do you understand my will? What is it? Where do I want the notebook? Right here. Right? Now, does he understand my will? Do you guys agree that he, un you think we're all on the same page? Okay. Now, so let's say he was praying, Lord, help me to know the will of elder so I can participate with him. I'm, I'm, not, I'm just saying, right? And then he hears, the will is that that notebook would be right here. So now what do we do? What do we do? Do we just keep praying? Lord, what do we do? What are we doing now? We're just waiting, right? What are we waiting on? We're waiting on what? We're waiting on Brother Juan, aren't we? This isn't, see, we want to complicate it. You guys think there's some trick question? What are we waiting on? We're waiting on him, aren't we? Okay. 
And he got two ladies beside him trying to get him to move. Uh. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. Now, was that too? Now, now see, I'm, that was not planned, but I want you to watch. Exactly what just happened is exactly what we do with God. What, what, well, this, like, does he want me to do that? Or is he just, is this just, am I supposed to, what, I, I, come on, you do this, I do this. I mean, it was clear. I, how many times did I say I'd like the notebook right here? Right? Now, Sister Mary, don't you go home afterwards and say, that's how I tell, don't you pick on him. Okay, don't pick on Brother Juan. Put yourself in his seat. Okay, but this, this we, we complicate. We pray the will of God and then we sit as though he's going to just do it. No! I pray the will of God. I hear from, I've given governance in my life and then God speaks to me and God waits. And he waits. We sang that song, I'm going to wait on you. Yes, we do. We wait. What do we wait for? We wait to hear His direction. We wait to hear the will of God. But then God waits. And God waits. And He waits on us. He waits on you. And He waits on me. And He says, you've prayed my will. Now do it. The will of God is more than just a prayer. It's an action. Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he that does the will of my Father, which is in heaven. And there's some, I believe, under the sound of my voice this morning, that you're going, oh, I want the will of God. And God is going, just do the last thing I've asked you to do. The will of See, we've made the will of the Lord into this out there thing that happens all around us that's accomplished and we don't see ourselves in the will of God. You need more scripture? Jesus Christ is in the garden called Gethsemane. Remember that? And he's there with his disciples and he prays a prayer. You know that prayer? Maybe you've heard it before. Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Right? What's the next part? Nevertheless, what? Not what? Not what I will. Oh, that sounds like an issue of kingdom, doesn't it? Who's governing the life? Not what I will, but... Thy will what? Thy will be... Done. Yes? Is that the scripture? Nevertheless, not what I will. That's the kingdom issue. Who's in control of my life? But thy will be done. Okay. He sweated as it were. Great drops of blood. Agony. Why was that such a difficult prayer? Is it that hard for you when you pray for the will of God to be done? Not always. You know why? It was agony for him. Because he knew 
for me to pray the will of God to be done means I have to participate in the will of God being done. I'm not just praying it and then going back to my place of abode and kicking up my feet and entertaining myself. I've given up my life. I'm going to participate in the will of God being done. He understood when he prayed, thy will be done. I must be an active participant in whatever he wants to do. And he already knew what he was being asked to do. He was wrestling with the will of God. The humanity of Jesus Christ was wrestling with the will of the Father. We see this is why the scripture can say he was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. That doesn't mean every single element or thing that you ever faced and were tempted with in your life, Jesus was tempted with the exact same thing. That's not what that scripture means. All right? It's not what it means. It means he was tempted to do his will rather than the will of the Father, which is always the greatest temptation. If you look at Satan tempting Jesus in the wilderness for those, after those 40 days of fasting, all of those things he tempted him with was getting him to give in to his will rather than stay submitted to the will of the Father. If you be the Son of God, turn these stones into bread. Your will is to eat. If you'll bow down to me, I'll give you all the kingdoms of this world. Your will is to have power and authority in this life. Wasn't the will of the Father. For the will of God to be done, you and I have to participate in it. And so, would you stand with me this morning? We, we do like Brother Juan. We are way back. Is that really me? Is that really, is, is that really what it was? Does he really like, want me to take the notebook out up there? Or is he just testing me? We've got, like, and we do that with God. God, are you really asking that of me or is this just me? Or maybe, maybe it's this way the conversation goes. Well, why does he want that notebook up there? I don't understand why. Well, what's the purpose of that? I don't know why. This is what we do with the will of God. I, I can't help but think of the scripture. The first miracle that Jesus ever did, right? He turned water into wine at the marriage at Cana. Know that story? Here he is. They're out of wine. And they come to Jesus. Jesus, there's no wine. He's like, you know, it's not my problem. You know, it's, not, it's not my deal. Mary, his mother, is saying, hey, they need wine. Jesus is like, what, what? it's not my time yet. She turns to the servants. And she says, whatever he tells you to do, do it. 
Read it. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. And Jesus says, go get the pots and fill them with water. And you and I would be like, uh, why? Is that true? What for? What's that going to do? They need why? We want to have this conversation with God about why. But why? Why me? Why can't they do it? But how come you didn't ask them to do it? How come you just asked me to do it? How? See, we, we act like the will of God is complicated. Obedience is the issue and trust is the issue. And just as much as the will of God is doing what he tells us to do. There's many areas where we know the will of God. And yet we keep doing our own will. Contrary to the will of God. You know what that's called? Rebellion. Rebellion. When I know what the will of God is, and I keep doing my own will, that's iniquity, that's rebellion. You know the scripture, you know that verse that we hear from Samuel, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Is that what the word says? When I know the will of God and I still don't do it, I'm rebelling against God. Now, you know, the verse that comes before that rebellion is, is, you know, what verse comes before that? It's the verse that says obedience is better than sacrifice. And to hearken or to listen is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. So in context, rebellion is when I don't obey and I don't listen to the will of God. This is why the Apostle Paul could say, I think it was the Apostle Paul, could say to him or her that knows to do good and doesn't do it, to him or to her, it is a sin. See, here's the dangerous thing. This is really going a whole different direction than I thought this morning. Here's the dangerous thing about praying for the will of God. Is once I know what the will of God is, I'm now accountable to it. You know, that's why some people aren't interested in really reading and digging into the word of God. Man, I don't know. I can just I can just say, I don't know. I didn't know. Like some people love naivety, right? I, I don't, right? You ever met somebody who's like just played dumb? We use that term playing dumb. I've, I've done it before. I'm not pointing fingers. I've, anybody else ever played dumb before? Yeah, 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 yeah. All the guys' hands went up. <laughs> that's funny. Some of the ladies like, you were playing? No. Right? No, what, what is that? Why? It's, it, it's this human nature that says, well, if I don't know, I'm not responsible. 
No, we don't get to do that with God. Remember that? You guys are like, man, if I'd known we were going to do this, I wouldn't have raised my hand. I, no, we do. We want the will of God. I know we do. All of us want to see the will. And we want to see the will of God, not just in our lives, but in the earth. We want to see the will of God. And hear me. The Lord wants to fulfill His will in these valleys. The Lord wants to perform His will. But He's not going to do it just in the air and in, in space. He's going to do it through you and 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 through me. and through Every one of us that says, I will. I will. And this, all of that, just to say this. This is what I hear. The Spirit of the Lord beckoning louder than I've ever heard in my lifetime. I'm looking for a man. I'm looking for a woman. I'm looking someone to do my will. Not just pray it. Do it. Participate with me in my will. You want to be used of God? I promise you He wants to use you more than you want to be used. He's searching. He's looking. He's not looking for perfection. He's not looking for somebody that's got it all together, crossed every T, dotted every I, never made a mistake. My goodness, if that's the case, all of us can write ourselves off right now. He's just looking for someone that says, your kingdom come. You govern my life. Here I am. Here I am. I'll lose my life for your sake. What's your will? I'll do it. I don't care if I understand it or not. By your grace, I'll be obedient. Your will, Lord. Your will, Lord. Come on, I feel the Spirit of the Lord beckoning some hearts right now. Would you respond to Him? Please, would you respond to Him?